Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we found a utopian society, experienced the thirst-quenching power of Jordan Jesse beer, and more. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. You're welcome. Not you, Jordan. All the people who called in to thank us for the Jordan Jesse Go shirts. Yeah. You're welcome. Let's uh, let's see some more pictures of you guys hanging out, doing awesome stuff in them. I know. Where's that? We we got we got what two or three so far. It seems like the, the natural evolution. People are bragging about hanging out and doing awesome stuff in it, but we want yeah, proof. Bullshit. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and call bullshit until I see some photographic evidence. I want to see uh, skeet shooting. Sure. Uh, maybe some jet skiing or wave running. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, I mean, I know you don't usually wear a T-shirt when you do that. Cross-country skiing. Cross, sure, absolutely. Um, and not, I'm talking, not talking about Nordic track. No, absolutely not. I'm talking about in the wilds of maybe Saskatchewan. Sure. Uh, rehearsing for an Ibsen play. Ibsen specifically. Not a dress rehearsal because you'll have to be in your in your period costume. costume. But but, during, but a full run through. Yeah, wear it during a full run through. Not a scene rehearsal. No. There's Bull tons of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff you can do in your Jordan Jesse Go shirt and send us a picture of it. Yeah, absolutely. And with uh, camera phones as prevalent as they are, it should not be difficult to give it to someone and say, hey, would you snap a quick picture? Making a really important telephone call. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of camera phones, just on the subject of camera phones. Sure. Anyway, I think it's great. I think it's great. People love the shirts. They're on the internet there. We got that forum thing. People are posting Twitters with the hashtag JJGo shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You like that hashtag? Yeah. So I still kind of don't know what sign, that means. I still so kind you, of you put a pound sign that. and then the word, and then people can search for that that mm. pound sign and the word to find out all the things that have been gotcha. said about that topic. You hear? Okay. On sorry. On the subject of Twitter, this is a little bit of a divergence. But, okay. You know, it's fine. What is this show if not a collection of divergences? Right. Um, a collection of bullshit, I would say. But go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, Here's something that I would like to go away immediately. Okay, um, let's hear it. The news story about Twitter where the host pretends to be confused by Twitter. <laughs> this Okay, and everyone is guilty of this. I've seen Good Morning America be guilty of this, and this is something you would expect for them to do. But I've also heard NPR be guilty of this. And this is where they have the, you know, the kind of cute, funny tech guy on explaining Twitter to the host. They're B-minus Chris Hardwick. Yeah, yeah. This is a B-minus Chris Hardwick. This is maybe someone who auditioned for the role of Chuck on sure. NBC but did not get it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's on there explaining it to your, you know, either your Bryant Gumbles. Is Bryant Gumble even on one of those shows anymore? I bet he is. He's not. You're, you know, Ahmad Rashad. Probably Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, there you go. Or your Zuwali Saikautau. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. One of the two because I've, I've heard this on each thing. He's like... You know, so Twitter is excellent a... execution on Zawali Saikautau, by the way. No problem. Um, and so he's explaining what Twitter is, right? And then the host just freaks out. They're like, "What are you? Who do I? What am I? You call them tweets? What do, do I do it on my phone? Who do I follow? What am I twittering now? The one on the Today Show or whatever <laughs> featured like all the hosts, you know, Al Roker and. You know, uh, shaved head, middle-aged guy. Sure. Um, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. They're all sitting around with their phones, and he's explaining it to them in a very reasonable way. And they're all just like like this These gang are of— intelligent people. Right. And here's the thing. They're all doing it on Blackberries. They all use a Blackberry. This is not—this should not be new, you know, technology that's out of the realm of their understanding. <laughs> but for some reason, they're all like, what are we doing? Am I Twittering? Are you Twittering? Are you want to take—you want to Twitter me? What is this for? What do I do? And it's like they're acting like children about this, and I don't understand why they feel the need— to make it sound stupid with their befuddlement. Like, I don't understand why they want to... 
Well, that's they're representing the average American, and in their opinion, the average American's a fucking retard. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's my understanding. What do you call them? Tweets, or am I do do we Twitter our tweeters? What characters? Why is that all? What do I? Is it on my phone? Is it in the phone? I'm like, God. It's a website with one box on it. You yeah. Just type a thing into the box. Why are you a baby all of a sudden? That's like, the end of that. I don't know. Anyways, I feel I feel for you, Jordan. Speaking, it's it's nice that you brought that you brought up the Twitter technology, um, because I really um, I was twittering yesterday. Yeah, and I think I found something really special. It's mm-hmm. something sometimes when you I'm sure you could probably dig up an episode of this podcast where I before I knew what it was where I'm right. like an asshole about it. Well, no, I anyway one one great thing about Twitter sure. is you're you're sending out some things that occur to you, and by things I mean off color jokes. Sure. And if, occasionally something will touch a nerve. You'll realize this is something special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For me, that was the Boner Society. Okay. Now, I'm thinking it came from an idea that if I started a Boner Society, uh, the slogan would probably be Ever Skyward. Sure. Okay. Because that's is... where you'd like your boner to point. Exactly. Well, it's a Boner Society. So I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm, I got a lot Are of... You on your... Does that imply that the that the best position to have a boner in is on your back i mean there's no i mean what it means is that your bo- that a boner is always striving to be higher you okay. see what i'm saying sure. it's okay. always like there's there's certain you know it depends what direction you're pointing in but what a boner is is it's taking something that's naturally downward sure and it's striving towards victory yeah. striving towards the sky okay I mean, I guess that just maybe. I mean, I get that. I totally get that. Right. I just think maybe what what some people might think is that you just have a bent penis. Well, I do have a bent penis. Totally. Right. I mean, I. I mean, I'm just saying that as you know, as I, and you've I'm aware. My, you've seen my erect penis many times. Sure. <laughs> We've been camping. Um, We've made s'mores. Sure. Um, <laughs> But I guess, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I see that, and I think that's valid. I'm just saying, as a guy with a, you know, relatively relatively straight penis, right? you know, maybe just another another option for a slogan would be, you know... Ever forward? It's going to be thrusting toward the future. No, Jordan... <sighs> Jutting toward the future. Jordan. Yeah. The problem with your proposed slogan for the Boner Society no. is that it's vulgar. Oh. This is not... What's vulgar about it? This is not an... Asso- th- thrusting... It can be... We can change it to jutting. Jutting? Sure. Jutting is... Uh, jutting is a... Uh, jutting is a salacious word. Yeah. Okay. This is but not... So this is not about the boner's relationship towards sex? I don't I don't get it. You don't want Jordan, to conjure a sexual image? This is not a, just a... This is not a group of salacious, greasy underworld types. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that when you join an organization, it's typically an organization like that. Yeah. I mean, I got a boner while watching the movie Underworld. Jordan. If that's what you mean. Look, this is a classy operation. It is a celebration. Mm-hmm. Let me clear up a few misconceptions about the <laughs> okay. boner society. Sure. Please a lot do. of people have had Use this misconceptions about the boner society. Number one, a lot of people think... That you have to be able to get a boner to be in the boner society. Yeah. Which is to say specifically that you have to be a fella. Sure. Untrue. Absolutely untrue. A lie. If someone tells that to you, tells you that. They're full of beans. They're absolutely full of beans. The boner society is an organization that celebrates boners. Okay. And celebrates the spirit of the boner. Okay. Which is sexual, which is preparing for intercourse. Here's our here's our Latin motto, Jordan. It was contributed by uh, 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 a Twitter user named WedgeX. Okay. I don't know who WedgeX is, um, but he suggested that a good Latin motto is ad astra. Ad astra, which means uh, uh, it, it will translate it as ever skyward, but it's essentially to the stars to the moon, sure. uh, to the heavens. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So what this is about is is ultimately 
Ultimately, when a flaccid member becomes engorged, sure, it's with it, blood. It's essentially, it's essentially reaching its full potential. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily literally about intercourse. You know what I mean? Right. It's about being all that you can be. I mean, just think. You take take a, a any ninety eight pound weakling and put them in the military. What do they learn? They learn to stand erect. Sure. They learn to project dignity, mm-hmm. uh, intelligence, sure. competence, basically to be all they can be. Right? Okay. That that was the slogan, right? Sure. Be be all that you yeah, can be. I'll, I'll, I'm following you here. So in the same way, the boner society celebrates being all that you can be. Just as a boner is uh, essentially a a gentleman's part that is standing at attention. Okay. You see what I mean? That is prepared to do its duty. Okay. So this is just about, this is just about, you know, readying oneself for greatness. This is about always striving towards greatness. Okay. You see what I'm saying? It's about it's about dreaming the impossible dream, then building a bridge to that dream with with your your dick or or whatever's at hand. Okay. But it's called In the, your case that'd be your dick. <laughs> oh, the, nice. At hand, you masturbate a lot. Nah, never mind. Continue. The boner society mm-hmm. is open to men and women. Okay. Pets? If you if you feel that they're capable of understanding what we're talking about, <laughs> okay, that's the thing. It's sort of like, like a real intelligent chimp, then, or even just a, a well trained dog. Okay, um, I would say, but you you know how it's sort of like if you have like a border collie, for example, as a pet, hmm. it always wants to kind of herd things, and so you want to teach it to do the thing that it's been trained that it's sure, been bred, bred to do. To um, my my aunt uh, uh, hmm. my aunt fosters. Um, uh, huskies, mm-hmm. and she lives in Oakland. So sometimes on the weekends she goes out, and and they have these like snow sleds that are on wheels, mm-hmm. so you can mush with the with the huskies in just a park in Oakland. Yeah, because the huskies are they want to mush. Yeah, they want to achieve what sure. they're capable of. Okay, you know what I mean. They want to essentially self actualize. Gotcha. So what we're talking about here is essentially self actualization, and we're using. Uh, one of our most powerful metaphors, the phallus, mm-hmm. um, to talk about making the world a better place and making ourselves better people, mm-hmm. uh, more full, if you will. Okay. B- building full lives. Sure. Essentially. I mean, this goes right back to Ibsen, which we were talking about. Had Precisely. a gobbler. Exactly. Sure. Uh, so uh, If there's a gun on stage, you right. have to fire that gun at some point. Yeah, and and I'm really I'm really proud of the Boner Society. First of all, mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited about the possibilities for the future. Yeah, it sounds like something that needs a um, a jacket with a crest. Uh, of course, <laughs> yeah. Jordan. Of course, yeah. a lapel pin. Yeah. And here's the thing: somebody sent me. Somebody was kind enough to mock up uh, a crest for oh, really? the Boner Society. Okay. Now the crest had a picture of uh, an erect phallus, sure, um, which you think is inappropriate, and the phallus was spurting jisms. Okay. Now I understand that if you say to if you say boner society to people, they're going to think probably of an erect phallus spurting jisms, mm-hmm. but. What I'm talking about here has has nothing to do with that. Well, it has some some something to do with erect phalluses, certainly. Sure. But which is just another way of saying boner. But I certainly want it, wouldn't want it depicted on the crest. Okay. I would say, you how about like a this? Griffin. I was going to say suggest a sun. Okay. So we're ever skyward, right? Gotcha. The boner society. Ever skyward. It says the boner society on top, ever skyward on the bottom, and maybe a sun in the middle. A griffin's a good idea, too. Yeah. Because it's a mythical beast. Right. Very powerful. And powerful, powerful talons. I would say that it, it certainly, um, to its credit, mm-hmm. 
fulfills the maximum potential of both the eagle and the lion. Sure. But I any do you want to do you want to see like what people can come up with as far as yeah, crests? Yeah, go? absolutely. I we're really going to have a non-sexual crest. Yeah, it's, it should not involve if there's a picture of a boner in it. You're missing the point. If you have a sexual crest, you can just mail it to me because Jesse doesn't want to see it. Exactly. So if you have a sexual cre- for my, crest, uh, Jordan once gave out his address on the uh, on the show. You can go back, listen for that, send it to Jordan. Yeah. Um, one thing about that, though, Jordan, just real quick for the audience, uh, wrap it up in a plain brown paper wrapping. Sure. Um, and it, when you put down the, the return address, something innocuous, the container store. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean, Jordan? Sure. Like something I just don't want to but get yeah, you in like trouble. Yeah, just like someplace I would be shopping, uh, someplace I would be shopping otherwise. Teen porn warehouse. Exactly. So I just don't want to get you in trouble with uh, what's that woman called? Peachy. Yeah, lives on peaches. Your ground floor lives peaches. In my, yeah. Yeah, peaches will really tear you a new one if she catches no, you. No, I mean uh, <clears throat> peaches monitors the mail too. Peaches right. is the uh, the world's uh, nosiest woman who lives in the uh, basement of my a building. Moderately unhinged too. Yeah, definitely nuts. Yeah. Anyway, so yelled was, at me for playing rock band once. I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm really looking forward as we develop this boner society. Um, and Jordan, mm-hmm. yeah, um, as an act of friendship, mm-hmm. I think you would agree that we're friends, right? Sure. I'd like to offer you uh, the first ever membership in the boner society. I'll take it. Congratulations, Jordan. Look how excited I am. You're very excited about the. Uh... No, you commendation. There, I can, I can see <laughs> physical manifestations of your excitement. Yeah. Well, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan. Yes. Last week on the program, mm-hmm. we asked for Jordan Jesse beer. We did. What was the context of that? I forget. When did that come up? That we, we were oh, talking we, about Danny, Danny DeVito's, DeVito's Limoncello. Sure. So if Danny so we, DeVito, so he has a celebrity spirit, we feel like we should have one too. Exactly. And in in our case, we figured there would definitely be home brewers. Yeah. Uh, available to us, so we thought, well, what about Jordan Jesse beer? Now, we didn't get Jordan Jesse beer. We did not receive Jordan Jesse beer. Yeah. We did, however, receive Jordan Jesse Ale. Yeah. Now, do you what's know, the difference between? I don't know the difference between a, a beer and an ale. If there is, maybe it's like. I don't know. I'm gonna all, type it. All beer is an ale. All all ale is beer, but not all beer is an ale. Maybe it's something like, like that. Like rectangle, rectangles. This is, and, like, I guess, something I should know. Being a being a 26 year old, I should know the difference between ale and pilsner or something. Well, Jordan, uh, there are many different types of beer, but they're okay. usually broken up into two basic categories. Okay. Ale and lager. Okay. Uh, lagers often interchange with beer, especially outside of Germany, which is why some consumers make a distinction between beer and ale rather than lager. Oh, okay. And ale. The difference the between beer and ale has to do with the way in which it's brewed and how the yeast ferments. Hmm. You see. Uh, before hops became widespread in Europe, ale was a beer created without the use of hops, while lager combined hops with the other ingredients. However, as the hops began to pervade breweries, this distinction between beer and ale is no longer applied. Okay, so we're still back at square one so here. don't know the difference. Ale is fermented at a higher temperature and matures more quickly. Oh. So that's probably why we were able to why we were able to get Jordan Jesse beer so quickly. Ale so quickly. Yeah, Jordan Jesse ale so, so quickly. Yeah, right. As opposed to Jordan Jesse lager, which might take a little longer. Exactly. So we got Jordan Jesse ale. Uh, it's a kind gift um, from Gene. Uh, I'm going to guess Ullery Smith. Okay. Could be Ullery Smith. Uh, he is. Uh, he runs this uh, nice home brewing website called uh, at. UlleriSmith.com slash Gene's Homebrew, where he posts all his different recipes, mm-hmm. trying out all different recipes. This is what he says. Um, Please find enclosed two examples of Jordan Jesse Ale, the only beer celebrity podcaster Jesse Thorne will imbibe. That's the slogan. Now, I'm actually reading this. I think he's, uh, judging by the spelling of Thorne, 
I think he's referring to, uh, I think this is actually the only beer that uh, British sports uh, radio uh, host e. Jesse Thorne with an E at the end will imbibe. Uh, featured in this package are Winter Wheat, an American refresher, and Coffee Porter, a roasty and malty crowd pleaser, show, just like us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm roasty, you're malty. Exactly. Uh, showcasing a dark roasted Sumatran coffee accent, just like cocoa. Yeah. Each of these fine beers are crafted with by hand, with love, in Traverse City, Michigan. Wow. Traverse City, Michigan. Which one do you want to try? Do you want to try a uh, coffee thing? I'm going to try this refresher one because I think that... Yeah, the, yeah, sure. As a non-beer drinker, you might be... Maybe the, the darker beer might not be... They're, they're in their own bottles. I posted on the Twitter uh, uh, a picture that Brian the intern took with his uh, laptop of, of the the, uh, the graphics. But it's got they, a lovely label. It features a darkish teal ribbon mm-hmm. um, uh, and the slogan, the only beer celebrity podcaster, Jesse Thorne, will imbibe. Um, I don't appreciate not being in the slogan. Well, <laughs> suck my balls. Sure. Um, so here's the coffee porter. I'm just going to open it up here. Here you go, Jordan. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this. <laughs> oh God, should I really be? Should we be drinking booze that some guy made in his house? No, is this a good idea? Of course not. It's a terrible idea. Okay, lovely dark. It's kind of a kind of a, got a Guinnessy look to it. It's got a nice foam, a nice head on it. Um, now before I eat, before I drink the beer, uh, I'm gonna have a few kettle chips because it's uh, 11 in the morning. Right. When we're doing this. Right. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, don't want to have an empty stomach. No, not at all. And you know what, Jordan? Uh, mm-hmm. I I feel like I should take this opportunity to say that not only do I not drink alcohol as a general rule. Yeah. Um, I really have, I would say, a like a six-year-old's relationship with beer. Like maybe you had some accidentally at Thanksgiving once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, what is your What is your? Experience? I don't think How I literally do not think I have I have had any drink any beer since I was seven. Okay. And a friend's wow. dad said we could have some beer. And how was that for you? What are your What's your? Didn't rec- care for it at all. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, like anyone else, seven, it's a, right. Tastes horrible. So okay. I'm actually not looking forward to this because I think I'm just going to think it tastes gross. Okay. Uh, so you've got the what's it, you you have the, the chocolate Sumatran coffee porter. situation. Okay, here we go. That's great. Yeah, very tasty. The, what does uh, it taste like? The coffee-ness is uh, is apparent. Mm-hmm. Usually, uh, in those situations where they say that food or drink tastes like something that's not in it, uh, I get you know they're like, oh, this you know this wine has a hint of blueberries. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> like, is it, is it, is it, are there blueberries in it? There's them. not. Yeah, exactly. Then I punch the waiter at the restaurant. Can I have the, uh, kettle chips? Then? You may have the kettle chips. Uh, gonna, yeah, it's very tasty. Yeah. It's, it's not uh, a lot of kettle chips. It's to not make unlike, uh, it's not unlike Guinness. Um, yeah, and the, 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 it's very nice and I'm not blind yet. I have not gone blind as of this drinking. Okay. Now this is a winter wheat and I'm going to get better eat some kettle talk while I eat some kettle chips. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I guess I get this. Is, I I know I definitely like a a light a lighter colored beer more than I like a dark beer. Uh, I'm not usually nuts about a Guinness or a you know a Newcastle or something like that. Uh, on a rare occasion, I will have one, and this is uh, this is an excellent example. This one has much less bubbles than your one does. Yeah, that's the called the head. <clears throat> yeah. Tastes kind of like a butt to me. Yeah, it's like you're drinking a butt. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not horrible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste very alcoholy. Doesn't okay. taste too alcoholy, although it is five point seven percent alcohol by volume. Makes it a good, uh, makes it a good bachelorette party drink. It's relatively light. It does have a light flavor, mm-hmm. but the light flavor I would describe as kind of a butt-like flavor. Kind of a light butt. Yeah, just kind well, of. A well, gentle... well, why don't I? Why don't you hand me the bottle and I'll? As a guy who. Has drank a beer in the past twenty years. Oh, God, I'm gonna need some I'll, chips to uh, cover up the flavor. Uh, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, not unlike yeah. maybe like a flat tire, sure. something I might compare it to. Um, yeah, it's tasty. Very delicious. How long did it take you to like the taste of a beer? It took me a while. Uh, yeah, it took me a while, and I still. Um, 
And you know, I, you know, I think like everybody, kind of the first beer that you drink is uh, is cheap beer. I was thirsty, and so I went to drink something, and then I remembered all I had was that gross beer, so I didn't drink it. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, usually you kind of start out, you know, everybody's beer life or most people's beer life starts out with, you know, cheap beer with like, a, you know, a Miller High Life, an MGD, a Pabst, a Bud Light, kind of something like that. Um, and kind of I think what you hear from everybody is that, you know, you know, your your taste will improve and then, you know, as a sophisticated adult, you'll, you know, you'll start to, you know, drink only, you know, micro brews, maybe kind of Heineken and up. I think is kind of the understanding right. uh, <laughs> for for an adult person is like, well, stick 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 with Heineken and up. Um, I, what's yeah. amazing to me is like uh, other alcoholic beverages. I've certainly tasted yeah. a, a oh, fair just a, variety. Just to, just to, to, okay, to finish my thought, uh, uh, my my point being that I uh, uh, I do like a nicer beer, and I do like you know when you go to a nice restaurant and they have like you know something brewed in house. I like to get that. Uh, but no, I feel like I still just love a Miller High Life. I still like I like I will feel, still just like order one at a bar or at a restaurant. Uh, so yes, uh, and it's not just because of those really cool Errol Morris commercials they used to have. No, uh, uh-uh. or the really cool, or the sweet logo where the, uh, you know, bandito lady is sitting on the moon. Do you remember those where like where like the High Life logo was like a little bit fuzzy and it was just kind of weird, two tight shots of different things, while there was just like this outrageously deep voice voiceover <laughs> about a Miller man. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh God. Those um, made me. I have never had any interest in in drinking beer, like as a general rule. Like I just usually find this the prospect unpleasant. Uh, but man, those really made me want to drink Miller High Life. Mm-hmm. Like there is no doubt in my mind that after that camp, that series of commercials, I would I want like if I was going to want to drink a beer, it would be a Miller High Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So yes, my uh, my beer taste is no more sophisticated than. Uh... When I started, and it doesn't doesn't look to be changing anytime soon. Okay, so this is I, I haven't tasted a lot of uh, the more traditionally unpleasant tasting mixed drinks, mm-hmm. but like a wine or a not un- traditionally unpleasant tasting mixed drink tastes good to me. Mm-hmm. Boozy, and like you know that doesn't do much for me. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But like like a like I. A, a, a red wine or something like that. Like I understand what people like about that. Sure, beer completely a, a mystery to me. <laughs> completely, a yeah. Mystery. No, it is something. I mean, yeah. If 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 anybody tells you they like it right off the top, they're probably lying. Um, yeah, it is something you do have to learn to like. But uh, yeah, once you get to to a nice sweet spot, like uh, you know, if you come home at like, like two or three beers, is that what we're talking about? Nice sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, no. But if you get if you get to a point where you like it. Um, like now I'll like coming home and like having two post work beers is great. Like it's a really nice treat. Are we going to have um are are is I know there are people out there who are making limoncello. Mm-hmm. I want to know if there's anybody who's making limoncello in a place where they don't have to mail it to us maybe. Like a like in Seattle or Portland where we're going with the monsters of podcasting. I could bring or us here some in LA could bring us some limoncello. I'll maybe drive out to like Riverside and get some because I would totally taste a limoncello. And also, there's this other part of me, you know, Hodgman. Uh, Hodgman said, you know, demanded that people bring him Crystal Head vodka mm-hmm. um, when he was on his last tour. Yeah, uh, I think we were at one of those shows, and I, I think four people brought him Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Head vodka. Um, I would like to see some Danny DeVito limoncello. May I have some our... more chips? Yes, you may. <laughs> at our shows in Seattle and Portland, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. Oh, also, we were mentioning on the last show that um, the drink there was if there was to be like a Long Island iced tea that was. Uh, limoncello and crystal head vodka mixed what that should be right we were wondering if there was any um movies that both those actors have starred in that we can name the drink after <clears throat> excuse me um and uh i guess the only thing they've ever collaborated on was the movie feeling minnesota starring uh <laughs> keanu reeves and uh, cameron diaz and i guess danny devito produced it and dan Aykroyd has a part in it well, that's pretty um, good and the suggestion for the mixed drink was a minnesota danny there you go. I thought that was great. I that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. A Minnesota Danny is that's one part Crystal Head vodka, one part Danny DeVito Limoncello. Yeah, and then maybe like Seven Up or something. 
Yeah, and it's seven up. upper club show. Okay, so if you're willing to bring these things to us at either of our monsters of podcasting shows in the Pacific Northwest, email me. Uh, at ginger ale, maybe? Yeah, ginge. We could do a ginge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, this is it's on, Jordan. It is on, my friend. Yeah. The Minnesota Danny, the official mixed drink of Jordan Jesse Go. It's going to be gross, too, huh? Oh, no. I mean, I think depends what limoncello tastes like. Yeah, we don't I was going to say, if idea. it's going to be gross, it's probably <laughs> because limoncello is nasty. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, Jordan. One of the great pleasures of doing this program yeah. is hearing from you, the listener. Not me, the listener. The person listening now. Yeah, I guess that was a pretty awkward construction. You were looking right in my eyes when you said that. I was looking into your soul. There you go. How's that beer? Delish. Oh, it looks yeah, like Yeah, I really like beer. it. I really, I really enjoy the coffee porter. Is that one of the best coffee porters you've ever had? Top three. That's a quality beer. Um. Anyway, what I was trying to say to the listener. Sure. I think. Don't. Wouldn't you say that the listener lives in your soul? Yeah. Okay. So I was looking into your soul at the listener, mm-hmm. and telling them how much I appreciate hearing from them. We have all these telephone calls, and we're just going to make this show about you. Great. Yeah. The, the listener, not mm-hmm. you, Jordan. Yeah. Show's always about you. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Judging uh... from the reactions we get, especially from ladies. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Russ from Bloomington, Indiana. And I was listening back to the old podcast and I'm responding to a very old action item about a stupid thing you did. And um, a few years ago, I was teaching swimming lessons to uh, kids and I kind of got in that mode where you talk to kids and you say things and they, you know, they do something and they, you go, oh, well, you know, that's, oh, that's too bad. Well, that's no good. And, um started talking to the grandparents of one of the kids, and um, the grandmother said to me, was just kind of telling me about uh, what they've been doing lately, what they've been going through, and she mentioned that her husband, who was standing right next to her at the time, had just had a stroke, and my reaction was, oh, well, well that's no good, and, <laughs> and I felt really stupid, because that's a really <clears throat> terrible way to trivialize something as terrible as a stroke <laughs> it's back jordan yeah moment of shame what stupid thing have you done when you make a terrible mistake do mm-hmm. something stupid <laughs> embarrass yourself give us a call 206-984-4fun jordan oh i love it moment of shame yeah. god bless this young man at least that guy didn't just make a fart noise he's like well <laughs> <laughs> he should have did fart on that hi jordan jesse go um, there is a breakfast item in which you take a piece of bread and you cut out a circle from it. Then you throw it in a skillet and you fry an egg in the circle. And you end up with a piece of toast with an egg fried in the middle of it. What do you call this thing? I have heard it's called sunshine egg, a bullseye, a golf club sandwich, a gas house egg, or bread. Number one, I want to congratulate her on, uh, what was that called? Sunshine Egg? Yeah, yes. I like Sunshine Egg. I like Bregg. Man, I like Bullseye better. Okay, well. Bullseye's punchy. We'll what, just agree to disagree on what this. Did you, what do you call this thing? Gosh, I've heard Toad in the Hole. Toad in the Hole? That's kind of gross. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I know. I, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I understand. That's not my That's not my favorite. Sounds like a sex act. And so you would always call it Toad in the Hole? Well, I mean, this isn't something that I, I've ever eaten before. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I don't even like eggs, and I like it. Sounds, uh, no, it sounds nice. Got to put some butter on the bread. Oh. So yeah. you're cooking it in some butter. Natch. You make the hole in the bread. Here's the thing, Jordan. Here's the secret. That's probably the tough part. You make the hole in the bread with an overturned cup. Okay. You see what you I'm cut saying? Cut around it. You, you yeah. squish it like you were making uh, biscuits. Mm-hmm. And then you take the center out. And you cook that on the side of the bread, right in the same skillet and some dip. butter. And you use it to dip. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. You know what my dad used to call it? Egg in middle of bread. It's a little less punchy. I think, I think it's, it's pretty like a, good. I think this is a regional thing. I think this is like summerine hoagie sub. Egg in middle of bread. 
or Bragg or Golf Club sandwich. I mean, the best name is probably Egg and Middle of Bread, though. <laughs> sure. Nobody's, nobody's, then no one's surprised or disappointed when they get it. You want people to get what they're expecting. Sure. Hi, my name is Rebecca. I'm calling with a problem for Jordan and Jesse. So I'm having a problem with podcast-inspired jealousy, and I'm hoping you guys can help me. So a couple of months back, I bought a ticket for Max FunCon, and my husband couldn't go, um, but he knew it was important to me, so I made a plan to go uh, without him. And then recently, the Monsters of Podcasting announced a Seattle show, and once again, he can't go. So I made plans to go without him. And now, just last night, my husband, I think jokingly, said that he's concerned that I like Jordan Jesse Go more than him. So I'm calling to find out whether any other listeners have problems with Jordan Jesse Go inspired jealousy, and if so, is it tearing your home apart? Thanks. Well, I can't speak for the other listeners, but obviously, yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, sure. Why not? Number one, we're very handsome men. Sure. We're in the prime of our lives. I'm in my age 27 season. Jordan's just coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, we have an amazing society that everyone wants to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, number four, of course, we're charming, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm well-dressed, and uh, Jordan is uh, lovably, slovenly. <laughs> I thought it would go as far as to say slovenly, maybe lovably underdressed. No, okay, fine, slovenly. How about unkempt? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I guess I do have Cheeto dust on me right now. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go with that. Um, so there's a lot of reasons. And, I mean, besides yeah. that, there's our raw sexual magnetism, which is immense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects not just women, but also men. Pets, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Pets fly into a sexual frenzy. A if you, cat, if your cat is near the uh, is near the podcast, think, she will go into heat immediately. If you think Jordan makes his money by being on television, you are completely wrong. And if you think I make my money by being on the radio, you're completely wrong. We make our money working for racehorse breeders. Sure. What we do is we go nearby a female racehorse. She just immediately start gabbing. Go- we just start gabbing. Exactly. We, we banter a little bit. <clears throat> she immediately goes into heat. And the stallion stud enters to mount her. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sure. And uh, you know what? You know, and we're and we have loose morals too. We'll, uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I love gambling. I'm. Well, I was gonna say. Uh, I'm a bit of a home wrecker. I'll sure. wreck a home. Absolutely, Just you for the will. Fun of it. Yeah. You get the fire in your eyes. I've, I've seen it. many a home. Fire in your eyes and a bead of sweat on your brow, and you just take care of business. And the business there is home wrecking. <laughs> sure, exactly. Tearing a family asunder. I would certainly, if if we've torn your family apart, let's hear about it. You yeah, know what I mean? If, sure. Uh, I think that was a great suggestion, 206-9844-FUN. Jordan, Jesse Go, Reverend Joel mm-hmm. in New York. Um, I just discovered from a friend of mine... Uh, who's a specialist on horses, that minis, in addition to being the most adorable type of horse, are actually proportionally the strongest form of horse, uh, being as strong and sometimes stronger than draft horses and easily proportionally being stronger than a riding horse. I figured that that would be an interesting update to our file on minis and dogs. Did you know what the uh, strongest horse of all is? No. The ant. It can carry 50 times its weight. <laughs> Do you know what the most airborne horse is? The pelican. Jordan, it's the albatross, but I'll let it slide. No, oh, sorry. I guess I was going by some sort of outdated horse oh, manual. God. Do you think I could have a mini in, in Los Angeles? Like, if what if I had a backyard? Like, yeah. if I lived in a house in Los Angeles that had, like, oh, I live in a particularly urban kind of apartment building part of Los Angeles. But let's just say I, I moved to Echo Park or Los Feliz or one of these people sure. where, one of these places where... Eagle the, Rock. Yeah. And I had... Glendale. And I, and I had more of a home with a backyard. Do you think I, I would be legal to have a mini there? I don't know. You know, uh, at least the apartment I live in now has a specific uh, no dogs clause. Right. Um... So there's, but there's a lot no, of other no donks. Clause. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of other weird pets in our apartment building, just because I guess people are are just you know thinking outside the box because they it says no dogs specifically. So yeah, I mean I would think you can just 
you know, just exploit that loophole and just have a tiny horse walking around. I think it should be illegal to have a mini <clears throat> in the city of Los Angeles. Hmm. Unless it has a donk to be best friends with. Sure. You don't want it to get lonely. Hi. I'm calling with a recommendation for Jordan. Oh, by the way, this is Lenny from New York. So I uh, went to my parents' house for spring break. I just got out of her college. And my mom bought uh, Trader Joe's Tuscan White Bean Hummus. And I didn't know that you can make hummus out of white beans instead of chickpeas. But it turns out you can, and you can also make delicious hummus out of white beans instead of chickpeas. Bye-bye. A lot of people don't know this. You can make hummus from any bean. Yeah. I learned this from Mark Bittman, the minimalist from the New York Times. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about red bean hummus. I'm talking about black-eyed Susan hummus. Any bean you can make hummus from. I recommend having some tahini on hand. Right. You don't want it to be a tahini-less endeavor. You ever made, you ever made hummus before? Uh, yeah, you know, I worked in the, I worked at a coffee shop in college where um, hummus was, uh, we had to, you know, if you came, if you opened, you had to make a big tray of hummus for lunch, uh, for the lunch crowd. And, what was uh, in you, what was in the, what was in your, <clears throat> what was in your hummus? Uh, gosh, I think it was pretty this standard. This was Santa Cruz, this was, the yeah, Hungry this was at Slug. The Stevenson Coffee Shop. Uh, Stevenson Coffee Shop, sure. Uh, and this was, um... Uh, it, yeah, it was, it was. You had to put it all in a food processor. You had to make the teeny separate, which is like you know garlic and sesame seeds and some other stuff. Yeah, and then it was just kind of ground up chickpeas. I think it was a pretty bare bones kind of usual a basic hummus. hummus. Yeah, not an advanced hummus. No, this was not a roasted red pepper hummus. This was not a um, Mediterranean style hummus. No, uh, that's the best hummus. I make my own hummus, but I also buy Mediterranean style hummus. And you from mix Trader it together. Joe's. No, I eat them when the occasion calls for it, Jordan. Oh, sure. I don't just mix hummuses willy-nilly. So you eat the Mediterranean when you're feeling particularly swarthy. <laughs> yeah, sure. If you're walking around the house all swarthy-like. When I, when I dress my hair with olive oil, I'll go with the Mediterranean style. Sure. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, we have a sponsor on this week's program. Okay, good. Isn't that great? It's great to have a sponsor. Well, we actually have a sort of a dual sponsor. Okay. Um, it's a two-headed sponsorship, I would describe it as. Uh, it's Brian O'Shea and Britton Smith. Mm -hmm. um, they are teaming up to sponsor this week's Jordan Jesse Go um, in honor of a gentleman named Matt Turk. Now, what are you wondering right now? Who are all these guys? Exactly. And specifically, who's Matt Turk? Why are we yeah, sponsoring right? a pod? I mean, we know the other two guys. They're the sponsors of this week's Jordan Jesse sure. Go. We, what we don't know is... Who is Matt Turk? Why, and why is he being honored? Yeah. Now... Let's just say I told you this was the Matt Turk who wrote The Formation of Primordial Protostars, a dissertation submitted to the Department of Physics and the Committee on Graduate Studies of Stanford University. Oh, that Matt Turk. The Primordial Protostars, the same. Matt Turk. Now, Matt Turk I was wondering is, if it was him. Matt Turk is presenting his thesis. It's, it's on the formation of population three stars, of course. Mm -hmm. Now... This is what Matt would argue. Matt would argue that population three stars are a well-posed problem in that the initial conditions are specified by the cosmological standard model and extraordinarily well-proved by observations of the cosmic microwave background radiation, uh, galaxy surveys, and many other means. Using the adaptive mesh refinement code ENZO, we followed the collapse of several 10 to the 6th power solar mass halos from cosmological initial conditions through protostellar densities, achieving unprecedented resolution of subsolar radius with over 30 levels of refinement. And that's what's key here. <laughs> right. If we were to condense it down. If this guy was coming to me to say, I have done all that shit to 20 levels of refinement. I'd say, good for you. Here's a handshake. Sure. 25 levels of refinement. I'd say, I'm impressed. Uh, I'll make you a sandwich. 30 levels of refinement. I'd say, here's a PhD from Stanford University, my friend. Yeah. You, sir, are an astrophysicist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is a lot of refinement. 
You know how they did it? Number one, they developed a high-density chemistry and radiation model (laughs) that includes the effects of chemical heating and cooling, collision-induced emission, as well as optical depth effects of the molecular line and continuum transfer! Is this some guy's college paper? Spectacular work here, Jordan. Yeah, very exciting. Stanford University. So, you know, this is a classy institution. Yeah. So this week's Jordan Jesse go, uh, Brian O'Shea and Britton Smith offering their congratulations to Matt Turk, who has defended his thesis. So congratulations, Matt Turk. Absolutely. We hope that your thesis defense was a success and that you are now Dr. Matt Turk of astrophysics. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Creative pauses, Jordan. It creates tension. Mm-hmm. And when you break the tension, you get release. Sure. Tension and release. That's full what it's all release. about. Full release. We're a full release podcast. Jordan, hmm. when something momentous happens in your life, what should you do? Call us. Momentous occasions, my Hopefully friend. as it's happening. Hey, JJ Go, it's Mike from New York. Uh, I was just crossing uh, the street around Houston and Allen, and there was a car, like a dolly, flying in the middle of the street, uh, you know, where the cars drive, and a bunch of boxes. And as I got closer to it, I realized there were boxes of knishes, and one giant knish. And I guess someone had dropped them or fell off a truck, but someone had just decided to abandon the whole Kanish operation right there in the middle of the street, and no one had uh, had taken up the uh, cart or the Kanishes nor the cardboard boxes. So I thought that was a momentous occasion, uh, although a sad, sad state of affairs for uh, the, the popularity of street uh, dirty Kanishes. Have a nice day. Bye. Why didn't he go into the Kanish business? Yeah, right. If this happened to me, <clears throat> I would take it as a sign from on high. Sure. This doesn't happen to people every day when you and get a, a business opportunity a, you know, like this. It's a kosher food, too, kind of uh, adding to the... Uh, Timeliness. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, you know, adding to the, you know, the idea that maybe this is a sign from... From himself? Sure. With a capital H? Mm-hmm. I agree. Or herself. <laughs> Sorry, Santa Cruz. Yeah. Don't be weak. What? Don't be weak like a like balls, or str- you should be strong like a pussy. Oh, this is a this is a Dan Savage thing. Right. This is all just to please Dan Savage. No, isn't it's those it? people who call in and bitch at us. Do they? Do they call? Yeah, I don't pussy? usually play it on the air, but oh, okay, they do. They call in all the time. Say every third week, we get right. a call about that. Huh? Who, do you really care? I don't care. I mean, I care about Dan Savage and what he thinks of me. Yo, absolutely. So I, I mean, care big time about that. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. How could I not? <sighs> okay. Hey, Jordan, Jesse. This is Jason in North Carolina. I'm with a company, my company at some meetings, and we all went bowling, and I just bowled four strikes in a row, and I've never bowled more than one in a row. That's awesome. That's a lot that of strikes. Great. That's yeah. a lot of fucking strikes. Hey, and at a business thing, come on, you have the uh, you have the upper hand for future meetings. You just showed up all those dickheads in corporate. God, man. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, this is Rob from Athens, Georgia, calling with a momentous momentous occasion. Uh, just went downstairs. I'm at work. Went downstairs for a pee. Whipped it out. Started peeing. Looked down, and there was an inspected by sticker on my dick. I uh, don't know where it came from. I think it's my pants, not my underwear. I got some new <laughs> pants on today. So all day that sticker's been making the rounds, deciding where to land, and that's where it ended up. I like how it it considered the different, it considered neighborhoods, and it did some inspections, mm-hmm. and finally laid claim to his weenus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hopefully after inspected by, it said, 
Cindy Crawford. Va 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 voom. Am I right, Jesse? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Celebrity hottie, Cindy Crawford. Jordan, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. How is our podcast simultaneously so outrageously vulgar, but not vulgar in any traditional sense? Like, how do we talk so much about balls and stuff yeah. on the show and say so many swears? But I don't think we're like Bubba the Bubba the Love Sponge or something, are we? Okay, I don't know what Bubba the Love Sponge is, but uh... it's a guy. It's a guy who you know got sued by the FCC, got fined by the FCC, and for saying you know showing strippers on the radio or whatever. No, oh. you know what I mean. One of these kind of shitty Howard Stern type fellas. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I want to be careful about overthinking it too much. Right. That's a, that's a concern. But I'm just gonna go with we're dummies. Right. And that's fair. Just a couple of dummies. Or just a couple of yutzes. Sure. You might say. Who? Uh, yeah. I. I oh, and we uh, <laughs> and we know easy ways to get laughs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Jordan Jesse Yo. This is Jenny in Oakland, and oh my god, so I'm at a bar last night, and it's closing time, and my dude works at the bar, so we're all hanging out, and the door's closed, and then I hear one of the bartenders yell at somebody, whatever, Ashcon, and I lose it. I turn around, and there's only a few people in the bar, and I'm like, what'd you say? And she's like, Ashcon. I was like, are you fucking Ashcon? And I looked at the dude, and it was Ashcon. And I just lost it. You know what I mean? I was freaking out. And I was I was a little drunk, perhaps a little drunk. But I was trying to explain to him what a thrilling, thrilling event it was for me because I basically go to the gym every day and, like, giggle and listen to Hot Tub. And because you guys at Jordan and Jesse Go brought Ashcon to me, and there, of all places, in a dive bar in Oakland, I meet the one and only Hot Tub and Ashcon. So- I want to be clear here, Jordan. Oh, I, I just want to be clear first. Uh, it sounds she was, so she says she was maybe a little drunk when uh, the instance happened. Sounded like she was a little drunk when she made the call. Maybe very drunk. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Maybe she just has one of those drunk-type personalities. Hey, Jenny from Oakland sounds fun, though. She sounds like a cool lady. I bet, lady. like, Jenny from Oakland can get the party started. I know she can, especially if Ashcon's around. Yeah, right. Between those two? Jeez, man. That's a regular... What's Al- a party that must have been? That's a regular Al Roker and Matt Lauer type situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the hey, fun the... will never stop. And if the bar was closing, it sounded like those two probably got some kind of after party started. Oh, I know they did. After hours? Jordan... You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Jordan, what I don't want people to think is this. Okay. I don't want people to think that every person named Ashcon is Ashcon. That's a that's a concern that I'm a little worried about. That if people in the future hear someone say, hey, Ashcon, they're going to think that that person is Ashcon. That's just a different person named Ashcon. Sure. Most likely. Now, that's what makes this momentous. This actually was Ashcon. It's probably a very common name in whatever... Dive bars whatever, in Oakland, for oh, example. I was going to say whatever part of the world Ashcon is from. I believe he's Persian. His parents are from. He's Persian. His family's from Iran, I believe. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's probably a perfectly common name. And it's doubly common in dive bars in Oakland. Um, and I just don't want people to get into trouble... I don't want people to go up and, and say something about hot tubbing that's misinterpreted mm-hmm. and get a sock in the nose. Sure. You know what I mean? I just want to throw that out there. Just throwing it out there. Jordan, we have one more momentous occasion. You know, uh, we talked last week about how I've been playing these momentous occasions from our brand new uh, rack-mounted CD player. You have. Uh, purchased by your donations. Now, there's one feature that we have not yet explored on the CD player, which is the pitch shift. Mm-hmm. It's for DJs, mostly. <laughs> so if we want to beat match any of our calls, we can pitch shift them. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like this. So, Jordan, just to go, I'm a huge fan, and I love you guys. I listen to your show all the time, and I'm a big fan of Ashcon because you are, and I... We met him last night. 
still freaking out. Went out to breakfast this morning, and I'm still freaking out. I had to tell everybody. Um, okay, keep it up. Is that good? Yeah, I like that. Is that charming? Mm-hmm. We should just do that on all our calls from now on. Yeah, just... just uh, People monitor. will love that, Jordan. They'll love it. Speed it up. Slow it down. Speed it up. Slow it down. Okay, one more momentous occasion, Jordan. Hey, uh, this is Ryan. I'm in uh, Winston, Oregon at the Wildlife Safari, and my two-year-old just went apeshit when a mini whinnied. That was freaking cool. Can you imagine how many two-year-olds would go apeshit if I had a mini and a donk living in my backyard? They would. It's their best friends, Jordan. Sure. Minis and donks are best friends. <laughs> yep. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You build the tension, and you release the tension, Jordan. Jordan Jesse Go, a full release podcast. Um, full release. A few weeks ago on the program, Jordan. Mm-hmm. We asked people to call in and share the strangest person they'd met when traveling. Um, Obviously, we would have loved it if they could have gotten that person on the phone. Mm -hmm. That's unlikely because they were traveling at the time. Sure. So what we were willing to accept was descriptions of the people. Uh, We got a few great calls. I'd love to share them. Hi, JJ Go. Uh, I heard your action item about the craziest person you ever met traveling. Um, about 10 years ago, uh, I was sitting abroad in, in England, and I took a little trip through Europe. Uh, one of my breaks, uh, I had a layover for one night in uh, Belgium, in Brussels, not a very eventful town. Uh, checked into the cheapest hostel I could find was put as a, with a roommate who was Canadian and kind of very gregarious and wouldn't take no for an answer when I didn't want to go out tonight, so we proceeded to go out get fairly drunk. Um, two main highlights were that he told me the previous night he had met a girl at a bar and quote-unquote finger-banged her in the middle of the bar with a bunch of his friends watching. And then later in the night, as we got drunker, he told me that uh, he was just recently had finished up parole because uh, or I think it was more of like a, I don't know, not parole, but some kind of suspended sentence or something because... Uh, a few years ago, he was held up at gunpoint in an ATM in Canada. He wrestled the gun from the uh, would-be criminal's hands and bludgeoned the guy to within an inch of his life and was put up on manslaughter charges. So then I had to go back and uh, sleep in the same bunk bedroom as him, which was awesome. All right, thanks. Because he just got to bathe. He was awesome because he got to bathe in the man's violence. Sure. His potential for his murder. violence and sexual exhibitionism. Yeah, too. a truly remarkable mm. man. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot in like a hostel to too too uncontrolled of an environment. Sure, shit can go down. You know what I mean? If he had called me and said that he bludgeoned a man nearly to death in a hostel, I wouldn't have been surprised. No, absolutely. As long as there's an Australian guy. Yeah, it seems like hostels have you know two kinds of people. You know, less so you have your you know kind of wide-eyed post-college traveling kid, maybe with a nice trust fund or something. You got somebody with a beard and a knife. Yeah, exactly. He's either you have a Nalgene bottle or, yeah, or a, a knife collection. Hey, Jordan, Jesse. This is Chris from North Carolina calling about a weird vacation interaction thing I had. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my girlfriend and I went up to Chicago for a couple of days. And uh, we stayed in this hostel, and when I got there, this guy introduced himself to me as Tommy. He said he was from Denver, and uh, we didn't really talk much for the next few days. And then as I was packing up to leave, uh, he was, like, sitting on his bed, and he looked up and asked if he could pass some literature along. And, you know, I had the natural reaction of thinking he was some religious nut, and, uh, of course, he said... It's nothing religious, in fact, quite the opposite. As he turns out, he's a traveling writer who had written a, uh, a novel from the point of view of his beard, and um, <laughs> he goes by the alias Johnny Opium. So that was kind of strange. I got an excerpt from the, from the novel, and I haven't read it yet, but it's about his beard going on vacation with him or something. All right, bye. It's going on vacation with him. Yeah. Who wants to tag along, you know? Sure. Uh, 
his, the sequel, by the way, is going to be from the perspective of his knife. <laughs> <laughs> right, a beard and a knife. That's what you get. Yeah. You know, it's not just creepy beardos, though. That's the thing about it. It is not just creepy beardos, as you're about to hear. Stuart and Jesse, uh, this is uh, Stuart from Northern California, and I have a quick weird traveler story. Uh, back in college, I was on uh, the Starlight Express um, from uh, on Amtrak from uh, San Luis Obispo up to San Jose, where my parents uh, were at the time. And um, this is relevant to the story, but I was in the observation car uh, reading a book, actually, about the history of the movie 2001. And a nice, um, you know, moderately elderly, probably in her mid-60s lady sits down next to me. And, um, you know, it starts a conversation, and I didn't really have a whole lot to do because it was a very long train ride. And we start talking, and, you know, she asked me what I'm, what I'm studying, and I said I was, you know, pre-med and kind of applying to med school at that time. And uh, the conversation then takes a very strange turn. She mentions, oh, well, that's very nice. You're becoming a physician. That's wonderful. The world needs doctors. Oh, well, thank you, you know, I say to her. And then she says to me, oh, yes, because you'll be very important. Very soon the transformation will occur, and we need someone to make the injection so that we may all turn into true, pure energy. Thank you. Thank you for helping out with this transformation. She's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Right? She's got a point. I mean, in, 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 you know. What, Nurse well, practitioner could do it, though. Yeah, I was going to say, do you really need a full-fledged doctor to give the energy injections? You don't need a full... Number one, they're not energy injections. They're injections that allow us to transform oh, into pure me. energy. Okay. Because um, if it was an energy injection, anybody can operate one of those. Yeah. You need, uh, but there's a variety of people who can do this. Number one, nurse practitioner. Number two, army medic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, uh, like a, a CPR trained uh, emergency response technician, mm-hmm. like uh, somebody who rides in a you know in a um, uh, ambulance. Um, you know, there's different stuff. You know, there's different people who could do this. I don't think she needs to be that freaked out about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also. You know, we got all the time in the world. You know what I mean? Once people are turning into pure energy, other people will be willing to wait to turn into pure energy themselves. Sure. <laughs> you know, they're not just going to be like, they're going to want to get take care of a few things before they do that. You know, like in my case, for example, let's just say that it was time to transform into pure energy right now. Mm-hmm. There's a big line. I wouldn't be that worried about it because I'd be like, well, before I transform into pearl, true into pure energy, I want to see I love you, man. Because I haven't seen it yet. I yeah, think I would probably, probably like it. probably pretty good. Uh, I would probably enjoy it. So I, I want to see that before I transform into pure energy. Because once you're pure, pure energy, you're one with the universe, but you can't see movies. Right. You know what I mean? Probably just waft into a movie and hang out above everybody's head. You could course through a movie. I am. Um, technically. I have a coworker, maybe I've mentioned on this show before, who's very into, uh, you know, kombucha, yoga. Uh, hates religion but believes in ghosts. All of the, uh, all of the, like many, like many Angelinos, all of the most self-centered parts of New Ageism. Uh, yes, uh, I made her very mad one day when I said I didn't believe in energy. <laughs> you didn't believe in energy. Yeah, she got upset. <laughs> well, why? Uh, because she thinks uh, that energy controls everything. Oh, and I said I didn't believe in it. Like energy, you, and you said energy in general, not just energy pathways, for example. Yeah. Not just chi channels. Yeah, well, I mean, it can be used to heal. Or it can be used for evil. Yeah. It's bad energy. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say that when you said that you didn't believe in energy, what you really were saying was, I believe in projecting bad energy at you, ma'am. Sure. I'm messing up your chi pathways. Yeah. It's kind of fucked, Jordan. Sorry. I, now I see where she's coming I'm from. I'm not. I was just rabble rousing. I do actually believe in energy. Jordan, just give her the injection. <laughs> Fine. She's, she's sick and tired of waiting for the injection. Yeah. Get her on the train. Give her the injection. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. It was a great show, Jordan. Wasn't it, though? We really hit a home run just now. Yeah. I'm so proud of this Boner Society. I'm so proud of every single member of this society, from me to you. Me, too. I uh, but mostly me. Well, I'm mostly proud of me, so it balances out. Great. And it's my society, so I win. I no dispute in that. Is there a gender-neutral version of fraternal? Yeah. Fraternal. Just ternal. Frat is brothers. Soror is sisters. Um, so what's what's siblings? Is there a gender-neutral yeah. version of that? Clubhouse? A club household organization? Yes. Sounds right, right? I mean, is that weird? Well, should well, we, move, we should probably move on. We'll have to. We'll just have to find out. We're, we're getting. Uh, people are going to design the crests for sure. the Boner Society. Um, people are going to be just creating a lot of great ideas about, around the Boner Society. So, I'm just looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of action items, well, of course, we have the return of uh, moments of shame, um, the worst thing that ever happened to you, or when you do something really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, we demand that you call in. Two zero six nine eight four four fun. Of course, we are continuing to do gender solutions high flex knee mm-hmm. on the forum. There's been some great work being done on the forum right now with gender, and we'll check in with it maybe next week. But some amazing interpretations, um, literary interpretations, branding interpretations, um, aesthetic graphic interpretations. Just really great work. Um, just a lot of cool dongs and places you'd be surprised to find them. Just a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Um, we got any other special action items this week, Jordan? Am I forgetting anything? Um, oh, we need somebody to bring us limoncello. Yeah. And also, um, if for some reason our podcast has, um, has hurt your personal life at all. Right. We want to hear about that. If there's jealousy that's come up or any other problems in your personal life. 206-9844-FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Of course, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design. If you want to sponsor Jordan Jesse Go, you can always email me uh, personally, jesse at MaximumFun.org. And uh, that all having been said, we'll see you next time, uh, and hopefully in Portland and Seattle on Jordan Jesse Go. Bye.